When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. It's Friday and it's uh, almost seven days now since we were at Goodison Park watching a quite remarkable game of football. Nine goals, six of them scored by Everton, four of them scored by Romelu Lukaku, who is truly a player in probably, certainly Everton best, maybe even career best form at the moment for the Toffees. Plenty of that and previewing Middlesbrough coming up. Um, it's me, Greg O'Keefe, and with Gav Buckland, Phil Kirkbride, and Tony Scott. Thanks as ever for listening and all your feedback since the last podcast came out. But we'll start, Gav, by talking about that game at Goodison Park. That game, those goals, and uh, maybe even that period where it felt as if Quantum leaped right back into Martinez's doomed, <laughs> doomed finale of his reign when yeah, it the was, defending was a bit chaotic. I think it pretty much summed up 90 minutes in 90 minutes, where I think we are. As a, as a as a as a team, you know, we've got some really good uh, attacking power at the moment. Um, decent midfielders, but the sense of defence in particular is still an area of weakness when pressed. And I can't help feeling that a better team, with all due respect, than Bournemouth last week might have taken advantage of that a little bit more. Uh, in the second half, at three two, if you're going to say the team's going to score the next two goals, you probably wouldn't have put put us in the hat. You probably would have said Bournemouth. Um, I wouldn't say we got out of jail, but we made it a lot more difficult for ourselves. And I think Ronald said that after the game. I think his quote was, uh, we're not as good as what we think we are at the moment. Or something, something like, like that, that. Yeah, So yeah. I think that, that's the lesson you take from that. But all in all, you can't complain. Six point, six goals at home, three points. Um, and no one's at all good. Phil, how did you see it? Because Gav saying there that he felt at 3-2 that um, Bournemouth looked, and I can see what he means, looked the most likely. But then, come the final whistle... It feels as if you're giving a team a hiding, really. What was the true measure of the game? Were Everton they, superb? Or, you know, what was it? Yeah, no, Everton weren't superb. They were very good going forward, weren't they? Excellent going forward. Um, but showed that they aren't a complete team yet. I think that's the best way of putting at it. You know, it was Ronald was right in saying that in terms of we're not as good as we think we are. He, you know, the last time Everton scored six goals at home was when Martinez's team beat Sunderland six-two, and Martinez actually got quite—he he got a bit peeved. He didn't—he didn't say it to us directly, but when the following week he was speaking to the press, and I was—I was in the room at the time. He said he, he couldn't understand why people were questioning in the fact that they conceded two goals as sloppy as they did. They'd just gone and scored six. Now, I assume he was referencing what we all wrote, me and yourself wrote at the time. He said it was a great win, scored six goals, superb, but you shouldn't be conceding two goals like that. And the same, we wrote the same at the weekend. Excellent in many aspects, truly, but three goals that they conceded, especially the first two, can't be overlooked. You can't paper over the cracks. That would have been a concern. And But the difference being, Ronald knows that, and he will have looked at those and not been happy about it. So... Look, you have to you have to be positive. The the run continues excellent since the start of start of the the, the year. Um, but yeah, it's not a, a result to get carried away about. 
So were you getting carried away? I know the fans outside on Goodison Road you spoke to certainly had that triumphant feeling and I think it's natural when you score six goals at home you're going to walk away with the spring and you're stepping. Let's emphasise no one here saying it was by any means a bad afternoon. It was, it was brilliant but do you share that sort of cautionary concern about the fact that they've let in three goals? Um, not really, no, because it doesn't. It's very rare that a Ronald Koeman team will concede three goals, isn't it? It, it doesn't happen that quite often. If you look into that game last weekend, if you're looking at it percentage-wise, Everton seventy-five percent of that game were the better side. It was just that there was parts of the, the second half where Bournemouth were on top. But Ronald Koeman seeing that changed the formation, sorted it out, had a plan B up his sleeve, and we won the game. Whereas in man, many managers in the Premier League haven't got that up the sleeve. So full credit to Ronald Koeman. And with the Evertonians on this, with the ones that I spoke to on, on the street after the match, they, they're optimistic, they enjoy watching this Everton team. Now, it's, I remember last year and the year before, and we can go on to previous managers in the past where they were dreading going the match. This time, the counting the days till the next match day, there's a huge difference. And yeah, we conceded, we conceded three goals, but I really enjoy watching this Everton team fly forward at the moment. And as, as I've just touched on them, we're counting to the days now until the next match day. You mean the next match day at Goodison Park? Because whilst they've been up and down in terms of the displays on the road, for every you know brilliant display at Goodison, you go and watch them at Stoke. Never an easy game, granted, or you know Watford. They've not always been quite as as thrilling on the road. Uh, I've sensed a, 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 a sort of a slight change in their away, you know, the, their approach and their kind of the doggedness and the fact that their ability to stay in games a bit more away from home. Hall was a bit of an up and down one. Uh, went and won at Palace. That was a game that easily could have been lost, you know, in given that the Palace were putting pressure on at the end and it was it was tight. Um, in these circumstances, a decent point at Stoke, and I expect fully expect Everton to get at least something on Saturday. Um, I sense that you know people have talked about, and I think Neil Jones wrote a piece this week talked about Watford being a kind of a line in the sand for 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 the season, but I think for away performances as well because that was a game where Everton went ahead, but but. Contrived and they lost the game. They they were the architects of their own downfall. They didn't manage the game. But now, if you see, if you see Everton go ahead on Saturday, they will not lose the game. I'm I'm convinced of it. Hopefully that's the case. <laughs> Hopefully the case. But going back to last week, um, just talk about a few individual performances. Um, we were big and looking up Tony and I, especially last week. Uh, saying that he should start and he did what What was our impressions of Luckman's performance? I thought he was sensational first half most of the first half I thought the freedom he was playing with the bravery and, and cheek of the skill he was trying was just a joy to watch you know it reminded me of, of some of the really exciting young talents that we've had the pleasure to watch Goodison over the years in terms of you would forget he's nine, he's nineteen really in a sense because he looks I'd say he looks a bit younger than that uh, he looks like he's just stepped out the academy and straight into uh, into the first team but some of the turns and, and audacious skill it's just enjoyable to watch a kid playing football like that with the belief to try it and then on the same token Cumin was right when he said there has to be a little bit of a, a kind of maturity in when to try it and where to try it as well and he did lose the ball a couple of times, um, but for now, are Evertonians willing to see that and willing to see him take risks? I think they are because the rewards when it comes off, you know, are hopefully going to be there for us all to see as he continues to create goals and hopefully get amongst them. The risks, the risks are, Greg, is that he'd done them in his own half, didn't he? 
that's why Ronald Koeman he came out publicly and he said didn't he? he said listen there's one or two chances that he took there that he got away with I think even if you go to Bournemouth's second goal he left his man Fraser. Fraser, yeah. yeah. And Fraser just crossed the ball into the box and Bournemouth scored from it. He was slow reacting. He was really slow. Yeah. And he, he, he's a pacey lad, isn't he? So yeah. it's just mentally knowing the pace of the Premier League. And yeah, he's adapted really well so far, but he's got to learn the other sides of it. But going forward, it's been brilliant. I think on the ball, he's able to impose his own genuine class. Maybe it's when Everton haven't got the ball and he's still getting used to the fact that, okay, these aren't League One attackers yeah. anymore. These are attackers who can hit you in two, three passes. And you've got to be switched on all the time. Well, isn't that just natural? Mm. Like I say, he's 19, he's come from League One. Phil, you've been really impressed with what you've seen of him, haven't you? Yeah, I, I agreed with what you said in his assessment of his game on Saturday. I thought he was electric in spells in the first 45 minutes, but I think it was an immaturity in the second half. But that's understandable. That's 19. You know, he's learning the game, he's learning about top flight football. And there was not only the, the, the incident that Tony mentioned where he switched off and left Fraser, run past him for the second goal. There was just something that I suspect Ronald Koeman wouldn't have been overly impressed with. The game was, I think it was still 3-0 at that point, but it's at a point in the game where Everton could have killed it if they'd have controlled their game and probably gone and got a fourth. At 4-0, that's it, it's gone. Luckman was trying the odd party piece in his own half. It comes off, he didn't lose the ball. I remember Goodison was applauding the move and I was like, oh, amazing. I looked down, Ronald, stony-faced, arms crossed, unmoved, I'm probably thinking if I, if I could see his face, he will not look particularly impressed by that. You know, a, a fancy little Cruyff turn thing in the middle, in, you know, in his, that, in his yeah, own yeah, territory. Yeah. And I thought, if you play for Ronald Koeman, you don't do that. And I think that may have been mentioned. You know, I suspect that would have been something that they might have just gently said to Luckman, look, great in their final third, not in ours. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's encouraging that we're talking about play, you know, play show too much skill. Oh, yeah. you know, I think we need to bit atomise. I think also as well, I think he's probably tired in the second half, yeah, wasn't he? Because was, ninety yeah. minutes is yeah. a big ask, mm-hmm. isn't it? I know I know he didn't complete it. You know, the player I was gonna mention he, he sort of come out of nowhere is is, is McCarthy. Uh, well, uh, he's, he's in, his, of, in his time out, Gav, sorry, I think yeah. he's working on like passing and then mm, yeah. one touch. He just looks a different player on Saturday. I think when we saw like we were in the press room before the game, looking at the lineup, we're thinking that's a bit of a strange lineup. You got you got you, know, you got Schneider and Barry and McCarthy all playing against the team that's sort of in the bottom third or half of the, the table. You know, is that one too many sort of defensive stroke holding midfielders, but. McCarthy's role was a lot more advanced, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And I, I was particularly encouraged by that because he was doing something that I think he's always had in him, but he's not shown enough. For Do me you think he's got it in him, though, Gav? I think he's got. I, could, I think he's got certainly to play further up the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Do you think as well as is the big thing that that James has had to work on under Ronald Koeman is his fitness and his and his ability to stay fit for longer spells than he has been, and we hope that now he will remain fit. But do you also think that one of the things that working under Ronald has taught James is that if he wants to play at a club with top four ambitions long term, he's gonna to have to be better on the football. And that and, and James has looked at Morgan Schneider and been brought in and gone, I'm gonna to have to up my game in terms of what I do with the ball. And I just think he looked to me, look, we'll find, we'll see at Borough t- tomorrow and we'll see further into the season. But as I said, he looked to me like he's actually become a better player on the ball. He was more confident. His one-touch stuff was better. I didn't see him giving away too many passes. Where, as we've discussed many times on this podcast in the games, it's almost like he lets, he's previously let himself down when he's got the ball. Yeah. Do you think it's a kick up the backside that he's needed then, Gavin, regards to he was more or less a shoe-in under the previous manager? 
now he's got Schneider and a Jessagai and Tom Davis yeah. fighting for his spot so all of a sudden I'm going to have to become a better player or I'm, I'm on the road yeah absolutely um, and I think I think that's where competition for places is good it was encouraging to see not only did he score on, on Saturday but he had a good chance in the second half where he took too many touches didn't he yeah. just he should have hit it for the yeah. first time he, he tried to uh, cut inside so you know I'm not saying he could play like sort of up front but if you were play, if you're playing like 4-3-3 three, three, it showed that he's a player capable he's the one out of the three if say Davis wasn't playing you could move further up the pitch Believe it I, I'm, I don't think he can mate no. sorry I, I just I didn't see enough even in his much improved performance on Saturday to suggest that he's got that real quality in the final third. I saw improved ball play, yeah. better touch, better distribution. But for me, even Tom Davis's limited Everton career to date, I don't think he's got the vision to play a defence splitting pass yeah. like Davis. Yeah, hey, I'm not saying that he's better than Tom Davis. I'm saying if no, Davis no, wasn't no, playing, no, you're if not. playing the 4 yeah. 3 that he could, he could sort yeah. of do something oh, I, there. I don't see that, yeah, no. what I think yeah. is the bar's been raised at every level. So the bar's been raised in terms of midfield, central midfielders yeah. on the ball. Schneidlin is a, is a step up. But also at, at the base level of defensive midfielders, Idrissa Guy has raised the bar. So James has had to go with it. Otherwise, he wasn't going to survive. So I am hopeful that we will see a, a more complete McCarthy from now on. On the, on the silly gap, on the theme of improved players, Greg, is there a better Englishman playing better football than Ross Barkley at the moment? I thought you might mention Ross. I, I wanted to mention too as well. Um, your question, uh, well, I don't know whether or not you can say he's, he's currently the best. Well, name one better if he is. Ali. Is he, yes. is he playing better, do you think? Premier League player of the month. Is he? Just been announced about five minutes before I walked in. Do your research. That's taking window to your sales. No, I don't, think, I don't think he is. I really don't. Well, look, is. if you look at likes of Jordan Henderson, if you look at you know, the rest of the England midfield, then on form, Ross is certainly up there, isn't he? In terms of midfielders, I don't mm. know if you class Delhi Ali more as a forward player. But um, well, they're both fine for the same position in the England team. True enough. Yeah. What we can agree on, I think, is that he's playing absolutely superb. Yes. Um, yeah. I just wanted to see your opinions as well about his celebration I had a bit of back and forth with uh, an Evertonian on Twitter uh, ITV journalist I think um, and he was he was claiming that uh, what Ross had done had been disrespectful and Constance. we wouldn't have liked it if a, if a Bournemouth player imagine how Bournemouth fans felt I'll be honest as I told him I couldn't give a fig what Bournemouth fans felt it's football ooh, ooh, ooh. give a what it's <laughs> <laughs> totally so a spell check <laughs> it's for me look yeah. Ross I loved seeing him doing that I don't think it was aimed in any way at the Bournemouth fans I don't think it was meant to be disrespectful if they didn't like it then they had worse things to worry about than Ross Barkley doing that for me it was all about Ross's confidence and self-belief coming back I wouldn't do it because you still got to hit the back of the net. And let's be honest as well. It wasn't as if he was right five yards from the from the unmarked goal. He was still getting a defender could have got back across it. The angle was not perfect, but it, his finish was. Well, and for me, I loved it. It's not like he went and put it on the goal line and headed it in. You <laughs> yeah. know, like you do when you and then run towards the Bournemouth fans and give it all. Yeah, he was yeah. celebrating to the park. And secondly, if Bournemouth were that bothered about it, then they should have, they should have left more than one defender back. Ah, exactly. That's the way they play, isn't it? Yeah. I, I agree. I, I liked it, what he's done. It showed you how confident the lad is at the moment. Start worrying if his head's down, he's not trying things like that. It was, what was it, 5-3 with 95 minutes gone? Doesn't yeah. matter. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just he's just sealed the game for his team, hasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. I think anyone who's got a problem with it, if he was playing for their team and he was about to score the sixth goal and you were winning six three, would they have a moan about it? Yeah, of course they I think that's a fair point. I think two things on it really. Just on Ross on Saturday, the first is the, the celebration, and, and Greg, I think you mentioned it after the game, and it's something that we regularly talk about on on the pod is uh, Ross's state of mind, yeah, particularly during the game. I feel like he's a therapist, yeah. Um, <laughs> And that his body language is not great. Sometimes you look at him and he doesn't just doesn't just doesn't look happy and he's crouched, he doesn't look relaxed. And you, you get the impression with that performance on Saturday and against City, uh, and a palace he was useful, wasn't he? Mm. Some sort of personal exorcism going on there of, of a few demons being released and that, that's the that's the impression I got. Mm. Not necessarily a slight against Bournemouth. The other thing I'd say is that, that wasn't the best thing he did on Saturday, it was the back heel to Yeah, which really has not had enough uh, mm. coverage because Rom scored four. Yeah, but yeah. I mean if that was like Ronaldo or Messi even going yeah. Laying, on, laying on for Gareth Bale or like Suarez you'd be yeah. going what a work of genius that was well, like if Suarez or Messi or Ronaldo had done what Barkley's done for the celebration they'd be, all, they'd be lapping it up so there's no difference yeah, really. I, I mean I, I wouldn't get too wound up about the celebration but um, I just thought that the talking point was his performance and not only that there was, he shows a lot of steel in the first half he was throwing himself into tackles which yeah. is not necessarily yeah. something that you do you do see with Ross I mean yeah. this Phil goes back to what you're saying about people have got to up their game to yeah. you know when you talk about defensive responsibilities maybe that's part of the part just, of the thing just feel it. like he's come out of the other side of it now yeah you know what I mean he's come out of the other side a better player it's not been easy he's been in and out of the team but he's come out of the other side of it now and I just think and I wrote a piece a while ago saying I think the change in formation has helped him and they've played effectively a three up front almost you know it's up for debate it's, it, it, it's subtle tweaks and stuff but I think that when he's been he's offered the opportunity to be the link man between the midfield and the attack almost just playing in that area I think it suits him I think he can get the ball in more space he can turn he can be more effective he's not got five defenders around him there's a freedom but he knows his responsibilities now he looks fitter, mm. you know. There was that crazy thing in the summer, wasn't there? People saying Ross Barkley's overweight and all this sort of stuff. Complete nonsense. Because if he's overweight, then we're all in trouble. But Speak he, for yourself. But, <laughs> but racing snake gap, yeah, <laughs> gap buckling over here. But undoubtedly, he looks fitter than he was at the yeah. start of the season. I think he's been definitely inspired. I wrote this in the week, like Phil was saying about. You know, I think he's been inspired by Tom Davis. I just think yeah, he's seen a young lad come through into that into that team, and not <laughs> not in a negative way or in, in a jealous way, but I think quite the opposite. He's looked at him and gone, "That was me, mm. not so long ago. I'm as good as him." And I think it's natural as you you know, relatively older, and I do say older with relative tag because he's still only what twenty three. Yeah. Um, the pressure and the responsibility of playing Premier League football for your hometown club. Um, the ups and downs and how what you do affects so many different things maybe it does certainly if you are of a more sensitive nature or you know a thoughtful young man whatever it gets up maybe it gets on your shoulders and weighs you down maybe when you're in a team that like he was last season is really struggling it bears on you now Tom Davis hasn't got any of that baggage and you know Tom Davis has got to mature and grow and it won't always be a bed of roses for Tom either but Ross has looked at him and gone that was me I've still got that ability. He's playing like he's got no, not a care in the world. I'm going to start trying to do that again. But the best thing with Ross is he's retained that maturity as well. He, at the moment, we're seeing the best of both worlds. Because there's no focus on him as much. And it helps in that, in that sense as well. Yeah, how much has it helped that he now knows? Not that it should matter, but he now knows 
that the club are in a position where they've got to bring in good players. Schneidlin, Schneidlin's arrival, let's say, can some of the burden off Ross. You know, Luckman coming in and making an impact, Tom making an impact, Rome in the form of his life. Williams at the back has improved as, you know, whatever about the defence, but that will have helped. He's going, this isn't just on me anymore, but I can, but I can be the player I know I can be because everybody around me is better than we were. But on the opposite side of that, Phil, he could think, well, there's more as a pressure on me because yeah. I know that yeah. human yeah. wants a number 10. I know he's bringing new signings yeah, in, so that, there's more pressure on me to deliver. Be, that brings the best out of him. Yeah, That's, yeah. It, that's how you react to competition. We, we didn't see that in early part of the no. season, but I, I agree with Greg. As soon as Tom Davis's arrival, the emergence of him, I think there's less pressure on him, mm. there's less focus on him, and he can just get on with his game. And there's less, there's less focus from Evertonians yeah, 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 absolutely. On a burden on on side. Yeah, I do think the change in formation where you're just playing three at the front rather than four, two, three, one helps because he's he's not best on the half turn, is he, Ross? No. He's, he's best with it. I think he's yeah, got yeah. he's got to play yeah. in front of him, even if it's only a couple of yards. I think if you play where he's he's sort of got his back to goal or he's as I say, he's sort of twisted half half towards goal, half towards the halfway line, I don't think he does his best. You want him sort of a bit, bit of space bit of space in front of him. Final point for sorry you know, from from last week. Gav, our most experienced Evertonian on the panel. I want to re- I want to see you rate Romelu Lukaku as in centre forwards who you've witnessed. Start Where with Dixie. No, so, <laughs> I, 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 I can go back before Dixie if you want. Like who you know, you've seen in the flesh? Yeah, 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 who yeah. you've seen in the flesh? Where do you okay. rate Romelu Lukaku in an Everton shirt? Okay. Um, Top. In terms of talent, but okay. no, in, as in, just well, let me let me finish. Go on, you've got a question. Go on, answer then. it for me. I think it, <laughs> talent, I'd say, top. Certainly, you know, in terms of natural ability, in terms of goals, yeah, goal score and pace, all that type of thing, top. The problem I get, and I think Shara touched on this, is you're always judged your best players by you, how you you do against your best oh, opponents. You mentioned it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now, like. I think, say Graham Sharp, okay, he's playing in the best, better team, but you see Graham Sharp's record against Man United and Liverpool when he was never played and, and in big cup games. You know, he was he usually found that he was a big game player. And I think for Rom to be the best I've seen, he's got to mm. do it against the top clubs. And I know you can say it about lots of players, Aguero's record's awful, isn't it, yeah. against the top clubs? But for me, that when he does that, when, when we play Man United, I know... So he's, he's got the old goal. When, when we play Man United, against Arsenal, City, but not, not recently. The last fairer. couple of years, if he does that this season, or if he's here next year, then I'd say he was the best. But before that, so you, are you sort of saying, Gav, that the next step in his game is kind of almost create that aura? You know, like if you looked at the Premier League striker now, you went right, Diego Costa, big game, big play. Yeah. He will score and he will make an impression. Is that what you're saying? That now Rom's challenge is to. Well, when we go to United in April or whenever it is or next month I can't remember go and win us the game yeah I mean we were, talk- we were talking about that this, we had this conversation on the back of you know what Sierra yeah. was saying and we were saying about like Aguero's record's not great as I say and probably the only two strikers at the top and I'm not sure whether the stats bear me out you could rely on in a big game to score probably Harry Kane, Kane yeah. and Diego Costa yeah. they're the only two yeah. and I don't think Rom's in that in that group, yeah. I think we should. I think it's a bit unfair. I think it's a bit unfair. We saw it. We saw. I suppose we saw it at City. 
You know, City, he went and yeah, got yeah. the goal. Every time he plays against Liverpool, he scores past oh, yeah, No, he hasn't. It's one in seven. His record against Liverpool is frightening. One in seven. Two in Liverpool. Two in the three all, one in the one all. Three, three. I'm just... I'm actually, even I've, I've just answered your question based on my experience. I mean, if you don't agree, that's fine. <laughs> I just think it's fine. a bit unfair on him. He scores <laughs> against Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool, big teams. I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that whatever happens now, he's the second best striker I've seen play forever. I said, I said talent-wise... He's clearly, you know, probably more talented than anybody else. But to me, he's got those big games, and we've got a few near the end of the season, haven't we? Where yeah. we could be chasing something. If he comes out, he's, he's knocking a couple against Manu or scores a couple at Anfield or gets one yeah. at, but he, at he, Arsenal. He, even, I'll be saying even tomorrow, um, Millsborough have got a top four def- defence. They've conceded as many goals as Everton, which is the four, equal fourth best in the league. It's going to be a tight game. They don't score many. Don't concede many. Romp, go and win us the game. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I would say, Tony, but with that though, I think what is under, and uh, I showed last week, what has been underappreciated is his finish and his excellence, isn't yeah, it? I mean, people just think he's a power player and sort of a couple of go into the, the top deck of the stand, which I think they probably did in his first year or two. But over, over, the, last, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over the last 12, 18 months, I think last week was it four shots, four goals, yeah. was it, I think? And, not, and like that one that was played across for the third, you know. In the first half, controlled with his right, with his left. Like, I, mean, I thought, I thought his, um, his one that he got off, he's probably about Ross's back heel. That was his best goal because he had to use pace, power, yeah. and he, so he finished it with his right foot, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, shifted it across. That was it. That was romp at his very best there because he yeah. showed everything. Yeah, and, and I think that that's what I'd say. I mean, what, what I'd say is someone that this lad made a good point. If I know, don't touch on Rom's contract. He said that. If, you had to, if the top clubs are all looking at Rom in the summer, regardless of contacts, he'd be most clubs' second choice striker that they'd want. Right. After Aguero. After, after the. Bayern, Levin, Yeah, if, if people yeah. were looking at European football, in yeah. European football, he'd be most clubs' second choice striker if they were to draw up a list of strikers. He wouldn't be. The top, if every striker was available, he wouldn't be. The top choice, but he, he form, can. He can, but he can issue, make that jump. Are you issuing Gav Romelu? Stay where you are, mate. I'm just saying. <laughs> to to, to mine, but I'm just saying that's where I think his status is at the moment. And I think that's right. But he's certainly got an M two B. The top. Would he not? Would he not be focal point for Manchester United, Arsenal? Or for Arsenal, would be. Well, yeah, I think yeah. Arsenal probably yeah. would be, yeah. but. But you know, United are looking at other players, aren't they? But I don't want to get into the top of yeah. going in the summer. What I'm saying is, is, mm. is placing where I think he stands in in that context, and and I think, but he's certainly got it in him, hasn't he? If he hopefully he does stay. There's a fella to the left of me who I know has been quite critical of Rom recently yeah. in, in, in recent months. Greg, is he the best centre forward you've seen in your generation? Is most the most complete centre forward. Best centre forward you've seen in Everton shares is he? Yeah, I sp- <laughs> yeah, you can't argue with his goal return. Uh, in terms of like the sort of very subjective, you know, passion and, and how he relates to them, I could say well Duncan Ferguson was for me, but then again, I think Ron's a better player than Duncan Ferguson easily. Although that's the only way I think Duncan was better probably was in the air. Maybe mm. I had a better first touch, but <laughs> but you know, real in reality, they're not in the same league. Lukaku is outstanding. His goal return, outstanding, the best I've seen. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I do. I honestly think he is. I just think there's room. There is, as Cooman said, and we'll talk about his contract now. There is room for improvement, and when, and he's shown a willingness to embrace that. And when he does even further, given his age, he's going to be frightening. I, I really just, hope I it's ever saying and reluctant as I would ever be to defend sure. Greg or agree with him. <laughs> yeah. I think that you have to put put all of that into context when people say you've been too critical of Rom. You should be why he's the best striker we've ever had. You're only critical of him because you know he's got, he, he's got it in his yeah, locker. Yeah. And when he doesn't do it, it's frustrating. And when he's not, when there was up periods when he wasn't working hard enough, it's like, well, if you're going to be as good as you believe you're going to be and you know you, you give these interviews about Champions League's ambitions, and that's great. That's, his honesty is welcome, I think, to the ambition that we should be trying to match. You can't keep saying it if you're not doing certain things that you would be expected of a player if they've got your ability. So... I think I don't, you know, certainly from our point of view, I don't think the criticism, is, uh, you know, the, the constructive criticism has ever been unwarranted. But yeah, he is. He, he's the best Everton striker I think they've probably had in the modern era. Yeah, we just, we've just we've just all basically agreed that he's one of the best we've ever seen in Everton's years. Yeah. Why isn't he loved as much then? I think because he has had these it's refreshingly honest, but kind of irritatingly regular. Uh, interviews where he's given the impression that he's probably a bit more of a tra- he's just been honest he's, he's mm. just been he's an intelligent fella and he's just been honest he hasn't played the game of like fake, um, fake devotion if you went yeah. around kissing the Everton badge yeah, yeah. Realized, well this is it but yeah. you just, you just yeah. answered your own question so yeah. what's that say about football fans exactly, fickle yeah. Nature? Yeah. if he was running into Gladys Street every kissing the badge and he's not he's not like that it's interesting really the most kind of devotion he's shown when he's celebrated for my mind is when he, you know, he's obviously had a close relationship at one point with Martinez and now he has a Koeman. He's ran over and celebrated with them. Yeah. He doesn't um, make a song and dance about kissing the badge. And I think a lot of fans will say, do you know what? Fair enough. Because we've seen so many players come and go and kiss the badge and next minute they're off. First big offer. They don't want to know. Um, so yeah, I think that's why he's not loved to answer your question. You answered, mm-hmm. you answered it as well. And, it's because he isn't a badge kisser. He's he's a bit more than that. He's a bit more honest. He's a bit more multi-dimensional. Has he been a little bit disrespectful in the past with the timing and, and the way he's spoken about? I think he has, and I've written that. I just I don't think it's anything deliberate, but I still think there's a difference between being honest and mature and open, and really undermining the club that you're I, at. He's mm. not. He's he's a modern footballer who's not a one club man. He's a striker for hire. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think so. I mean, let's face it, we've had him for four years for so, mm. somebody visibility and you know status within the game. Now that's quite a coup for us. I know we paid like twenty million yeah. pounds for him, but it's quite a coup for us to have somebody, uh, you know, of that ilk. I mean, the other thing I'd say, and I've mentioned this before about Lukaku, is about the stick he gets. I'm quite comforted about that because when people accuse there, I say having been a small club and limited ambitions and stuff, that shows you actually that the supporters still expect the best. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. the centre forwards that we all know. I mean, and the other thing as well, the start off the point is, you do tend to have blue tinted spectacles when it comes to former players. Some of the biggest legends in Evans history spend a lot of time in their career trying to leave the club. Mm. <laughs> it's, so it's, a, it's not yeah. unusual for top players and beloved players of Evans to, to, you know, at least on one occasion go on strike. So Rom's uh, nowhere near the only players ever done that. It shows you how good this fella's doing at, at the football club at the moment. When you're looking at the records, he's smashing. I, I think there was a record that got flagged up the other week. It was a 15 consecutive goals since Joe Royal. Four seasons. For four seasons. Now, four don't forget, seasons. Joe Royal, Graham Sharp, Gary Lineker, all these centre-forwards played in fantastic Everton teams. 
unbelievable. They had Sheedy, Trevor Stephen, Alec, all these players in the Everton team. Lukaku hasn't had that. So it goes to show how well he's doing. And I think what else goes to show how well he's doing is that he has made... Everton have got better at providing him with support, but those endeavours have been up and down. They were great last Saturday. But I think what he's what he's maintained and improved is his focus when things aren't going his way, when he's not getting much support. He stopped sulking, he stopped letting himself fade out of the game. He's kept ultra-focused, and when he does get a chance, like Gav said, four shots, four goals, nine times out of ten now, he's taken them. But for me, that's a massive improvement on the ROM, even of last season. Yeah. Do, do you think there's a little bit of a sea change with Everton fans towards him at the moment, that they're feeling the love a little bit more for him? Well, I think. Contract, I mean, let's talk about the contract, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Because, Gav, Koeman, it was interesting, Phil will tell us, Phil was at Finch Farm yesterday, but I'll come see you quickly first, because he said, didn't he, well, uh, Mina Raiola had said earlier yesterday, yeah, he'll sign. It's not signed yet, the contract. But yeah, he'll sign. You know, we're fine. We're getting there. Cuban said, "Oh well, if his agent's saying that, I've not been told that. But if it, if he does, it will be perfect for Everton." What's your kind of reading of the situation? Oh, what, what do you think? Just generally, just generally about contracts, not mm-hmm. particularly Roms. Is uh, are there to, to to protect both parties in the event of a transfer? Isn't it? If, if anything, it's be, it can be seen to be speed the transfer up, up yeah. rather than delay you know what I mean in terms of it gives us a better bargaining well Freudian slip there uh, the selling club a better uh, bargaining tool in terms of getting a transfer fee for them a bigger one because of the length of the contract and if you update players wages that gives them a better bargaining tip when they mm. go to and dare I say a giant club so it's a bit like Suarez isn't it across the park I mean he signed his contract he'd gone yeah, 12 yeah, months later yeah. so I'm not saying that's going to happen in Evans' case but then again it is should, I, should, I will yeah, in my yeah, opinion it yeah, is we should not be fooled yeah. that you yeah. know, well, funny me, I had that in my head Gavin I spoke to Ronald yesterday and I said to him what does he believe the message would, would, would be sent out if Rom did sign a new contract and he, he I suppose he has to say this whether he, he is, believes it or not or he's, you know, he's, he's a pragmatic Man, isn't he? But he said it would be important for the football club, important for the supporters, and it'd be important for me. Now, I suppose on one level he's right, it would be. It would be on the surface a declaration of Rom's, you know, happiness and his and his desire in theory to stay long term. But new contracts now don't don't mean what they used to, do they? You know, a new deal's great, it looks great, it feels great, but the reality is if somebody if somebody wants to leave, they still do. I think it's massively important that there's no clauses in it because it's just sake for argument's sake he signs that contract and there's a clause for the Champions League club for say 50 million then well, what's the point in signing it? Absolutely. It's, it's just yeah. pointless. He's got to sign a contract where yeah I'm on 140 grand a week I'm here at Everton I'm playing for Everton for the next four or five years no clauses in it happy days that means if it Club, whether they be in the Champions League or not, comes in. You're paying in excess of seventy million for them. Yeah. All I would say is actually on on the on a new contract, it does give Everton, um, it does put the power a little bit more in Everton in, in their yeah. hands a touch because Fad Mashiri clearly is not the sort of person that's going to just accept the first offer that comes in the door. Only when their asking price is met, by which by which point he's going up as we speak, it gives Everton far much more breathing space to, 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 yeah. to, to fend off. Even if Rom didn't like it, hypothetically in the summer, I know we said we wouldn't talk about him leaving, but hypothetically, if somebody came in and they went, well, we'll pay you 70 million and five, went, nah, you're all right, Rom, you stay where you are. And things went really well next season. All of a sudden, 
you've got him on another long-term contract and all of a sudden you, you, you're in the top four, you're top five, Rom's going, actually I don't need to go anywhere. Maybe Everton can be what yeah, I hope. It, it, it can shoot both parties, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be honest with you. So, do you think um, when this contract negotiation, I think there was a phrase when Suarez signed, is at Liverpool, it was like a case of give us another year and then we'll let you go. Do you think it'll be a case of Rom will say, do you know what? I'm willing to give another season at Everton, but I want to be playing in Champions League football. Yeah. I'm 24 and I want Champions League he football. He said that last summer, is my concern. He said that last summer. I want to be in the well, Champions League. was a different manager by then, wasn't But I'm okay. willing to give it one more season. No, if Ronald Koeman says, listen, Ron, give us another season. If we don't make top four, you can get your move. At the end of the day as well, I hope you, so. if you can offer, you know, put a lot of cash on the table to me, there's not many people there. <laughs> the, di- <laughs> you know, yeah, the, di- the difficulty is... Um, and, and Ronald said it in his press conference yesterday. He said it's very difficult to replace somebody as clinical as him. Yeah. Now, courses you'd get 75, 80 million maybe, but who do you who do you buy? That's you know? the thing. But that's <laughs> where the that's where the play is. That's where maybe is that an, for another day. I know because I know yeah. we want to talk about. But is that one of the inherent weaknesses of the team that we are at the moment that we are perhaps a little bit too reliant on him, and that's something that needs to be addressed, whether he's there or not. Yeah. And the final part, I think, yeah. if Everton. Well, I know if he's just signed the contract, but to keep him at the club for the three or four years, they're going to have to make Champions League within, not if it's not this season, the season after, or he's a goner. I, also, my concluding thoughts on Rom's contract is 140, 150, whatever he ends up signing, £100,000 a week plus is an amazing deal. But if you look at the top... If you look, I was looking. You tweeted yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. The top earners at every Premier League club. Coutinho's new contract put him on 150 grand a week. For me, now I never thought I'd hear myself say it. I almost think Everton should be looking at that for Lukaku because yeah. what that does, or even or even a bit more, because that for me shrinks the bunch of eligible clubs who would actually join. Because Bayern Munich ain't paying him no. 170 grand a week. PS, well, PSG probably would. Obviously, City would. Um, United, yeah, probably would. But it just reduces that bracket of clubs. No Italian clubs are. Mm. Not many in Spain are. It doesn't strike me as driven by money. That's, that sounds daft. Yeah, yeah. Mino Raiola does, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you he think doesn't... about that, that note that you've just made then, Greg? Adam Lallana is going to be signing one for 150 grand a week. Yeah. That just shows you the scale of what Rom's contract is. But I think what Greg's right, though, it shows that we. the sort of waters we want to sort of. Swimming now, isn't it? Like you know, you've got to to keep your best players. You've got to. You've got to, haven't you? I think. uh, I think. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, we've got an Eden firing on on Saturday, aren't we? Yeah, I didn't. When Phil was saying, I didn't realise quite how good Borough's defence was. Let's just hope, like I say, that they've been that that week in Benidorm has taken the same toll on them as it's taken on me after the odd weekend in Benidorm where I haven't felt like a human being for the next fortnight admittedly that's because I've been drinking shots and acting the goat in a tiki bar and I think they'll have been doing shuttle runs and drinking smoothies but either way um, they might come back bouncing full of positivity I didn't realise felt quite how good they were at the back We, as, as they say we are going to need Ron Blob on we're going to need all the Blob on because I'll take a one. I'll take a Palace result all yeah, day. Then yeah, that's a good result, by the way. One yeah. day up there is a yeah. good result. This is a team Middlesbrough haven't won a game since December. Evans should be going here. I'm wiping the floor with them. Yeah. Confidence is low. 
I've once admit December. Third worst home record in the league. They've just seen Sticky Vicky. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. They've, they've, got bit, they've got a bit of previous about uh, batches before, haven't they? They've gone away. It's gone a bit long, you know. <laughs> we went to Jersey in 1978 before we played them in the FA Cup. We were there at the same time. And uh, Craig Johnston, you know, he's played yeah. for Liverpool. He, he, he hadn't played for Middlesbrough. And uh, he nearly drowned. He went for the swim <laughs> in Jersey, as you do in Should January. Needed, needed rescuing. Because it was quite funny. We were there and, and they were there. And on the Thursday, there was a big uh, fog bank over Jersey, and we were playing in the Cup of Ayrshire Park on the Saturday, uh, playing each other. And they thought they weren't going to get back into England on the Saturday, so they made arrangements as, as a sort of like backup that we play them in Jersey oh, yeah. on the Saturday, the Saturday afternoon. Well, how were we meant to get to Jersey? No, we were in Jersey. We were oh, in sorry, yeah, we were yeah, in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. It was the Dubai of 1980. For some of us, it still is. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so we were in Jersey, and they were in Jersey, and so like both teams, there's a possibility of not being able to get back. So they, they, they made arrangements to play it at three o'clock on the Saturday in Jersey if the flights. What happens? They managed to. Uh, they managed to get back. What score was it? Well, A, we got beat 3 <laughs> Craig Johnson scored on his debut. Oh, oh, and it was the 28th of January, 1978, which is A, it was my birthday, but it's also B, the day Jamie Carragher was born, and C, the day, and C, the day uh, Buffon was born as well. Legends are born? Yeah. How many players got legendary players got birthdays on that day? You know, yeah. as me, you know. Oh, yeah. No, but no, seriously. That's just, it was just saying, it was funny when you said about the Benadorm thing, I was thinking, yeah, I've got a bit of previous about uh, yeah. things Let's hope it going doesn't go quite as positively for on this yeah. um, Now, Phil, where do you see, you know, the game can... We, talk, we spoke about Everton are going to have to be blown on, but what have they got really, you know, Negredo hasn't... He's had, he's had a go, hasn't he? Mm. He's on a lot of money a week. £100,000 a week. I didn't realise. Well, score. they've only scored 19 goals, so they've got a problem scoring goals, haven't they? Yeah. Rob's with... nearly scored that many. <laughs> yeah. well, one of which came with Goodison that shouldn't have stood, so they really only should have 18. Yeah. No, um, nah, it, it, as, as, as open as the Bournemouth game was, this will be as tight. So, patience. I know, I know it's, it sounds obvious, but Schneidlin's vital. Calm, keep the ball... Have you had your na- his name printed on the back of your work top yet? Or? No, you? No, Schneider. He's... He is fully paid up. Is it, yeah? Kone, uh, uh, Barry and Schneiderlin the three best <laughs> <players>. <laughs> um, No, I just think that retention of the ball, patience, I think it's a, it's Palace all over again. Would you pick the same team as Bournemouth? Yes. Or you would? Yeah, 100%. McCarthy yeah. stays in the yeah. team. Gay, kicking his heels still. Yeah. So? No, I wouldn't play Gareth Barry. I'd play Idrissa. I'd start with Idrissa, Schneiderlin and Tom Davis. That'd be my three. Yeah, I thought thought this is the biggest uh, talking point about Saturday was the line-up, is where they go back to three at the back, which I thought of. But then you've got like three centre-halves and two, two four-backs like again. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're adding a defender to last week against yeah. the team. That's mm. only had 50-odd shots on target all season. It's lowest in the division by miles, isn't it? Mm. You're perhaps not going to uh, possess a goal threat. Or saying it's not, not as much as other teams. So I think it's a bit of a backwards step playing three at the back with two four-backs. So I think I'll keep 4-3-3. Three, three. Yeah. I'll probably drop Barry and bring... Idrissa game Phil Squirman here when he Gareth Barry getting dropped I, I think he, he, he won't be dropped he'll play he's, he's <laughs> been our best player this season and, that, and I don't think I think that needs to be the but the longer the you longer you leave it Idrissa on the bench the worst is going to be for him to get back into the swinger thing surely that's what I said bring him, yeah. bring him in I tomorrow like, yeah. I mean I think but there's some big players there you're not 
you know, you, you're leaving Davis on the bench. The, the other one is is whether you keep Luckman no. or you bring Morales. I uh, I would say to Luckman, you're going to come off the bench for us and win us the game in the second half, probably when it's Would you start now. with Kevin Morales? I would, yeah. Yeah, I would. I think he's had his time. I just think in a game that's going to be that tight... Um, I think the I think you the, don't, you I think the unpredictability of Luckman, they won't know him. That you know, he petrified Palace, he petrified Bournemouth, he petrified Stoke when he came on. They don't know this kid. I'd play him. Do you think he'd be a type of player that would be more adaptable and suit Everton away from home than he would like Goodison? Good point. <laughs> I think he'd play anywhere. Mm. Yeah, I tell you what I did notice about last week, which I think is probably something that we need to get attuned to, is the number sitting in the first half is he made two or three runs, didn't he, into space behind behind the full back or to get behind the full back and none of our players picked it up. Right, yeah. I think Barry wants, I think, and McCarthy, because I think they're probably not used to looking up and in well, the ball in that well, direction. Without me flipping about it, yeah. on that side of the pitch as well, left hand side's been a problem. I think you'll see Baines coming into games more now. Because yeah. because if Luckman's gonna start on the left He's going to provide that yeah. Pinar-esque focal point for them to pivot off and stuff. Mm. I think you'll start seeing Bainesy back amongst the crosses. And you, did, you did on Saturday as yeah. well, increasingly. Because when you see our heat maps, we are very much at the moment so have been a, a right-hand side oh, by yeah. the team, haven't we? You know? yeah. I think that was helped at the start of the season when Balassi was playing as well, wasn't it? Who have United got at the weekend? Watford at home. Oh, back in form, Watford. Troy back amongst the goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Watford at home. Liverpool, Liverpool have got Tottenham Tough Saturday one. tea time yeah, Arsenal have got Hull at all we look all gimmies don't we we're going to have to win <laughs> if, if any any aspirations of top four top five we've got to go to Middlesbrough and win well yeah, at, least, at least Ronald didn't have the poison chalice for the manager of the month of war day yeah that's good true good enough Right, well, it, it does feel like that point of the afternoon where we make mugs of ourselves on the predictions. I say mugs, if any of you have predicted 6-3 last Saturday, no then... No one did. Well, Gav yeah. nearly predicted the time of the first well, goal. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like, did, yeah. You know, yeah, I think it's worth noting that I did in my programme article on Saturday when yeah. I was talking about fast goals at Goodison because Bournemouth have got the fastest ever goal at 11 seconds in 1985. I did say that you uh, never know when the next fast goal is going to happen, so make sure you're in... And you see the time for the kickoff, and yes. lo and behold, they scored after 30 seconds. Ten so stars was I'm, I'm the man. I'm the man. My brother missed the goal. Yeah. He, he was, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, not read my program. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. too busy reading it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was getting frisked on the, on the turnstile for some reason. A bit over officious. Uh, turnstile official and by the time he'd, he'd got to his seat, tipped off his Greg's brother. You know. Be bringing in like Do you want me to go first on the prediction seeing that I'm the man in form? I did say 3 0 last week. Come on, so then. Three goal yeah, the confidence coursing through your veins back here late into the net for us. 2 0 tomorrow to Evan. 2 0? Yeah. Absolutely no problem. Do you want to name the time of the goals? No, 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 I won't go. No, <laughs> only once, but 2 0. I'll go next then. As soon as we'll turn the books. I, yeah, I really, want, I really want to stay positive as well. I'm going to say 1 0. And I'll take that all day, and I'm sure most listeners would. So three one Everton, three goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. scored six last week. I know, but this is this, this is, is middle. This is middle. No, yeah. worst home record in the league. What well, we're at the defensive record though, top four. Okay, this is a team that haven't won a game since mid December. <laughs> Took three points from twenty one. Due a victory. Everton are the most important <laughs> team in the Premier League. Are they? Yes. Tottenham. Yes, heads of Tottenham. No, I don't know about that. Yes, I know about that. 
Tell me on where, Gav. Right, you made it here yeah, first. Yeah, three one, three Everton. Come on, Phil, big no. pressure. One nil Everton, as I said before. Right. Luckman, Luckman, copying off me a bit yeah. there, aren't you? I think I said one nil about five minutes in. <laughs> I hope you freeze <laughs> your pl- <laughs> freeze your plums on. Got me long John's already in the tropical northeast. Yeah, we've gone we've gone through a whole podcast. I was having a major argument there. It was nearly one race at the end. You mean? Oh, well, you, you got a little bit precious when he he, he stopped your answer. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, you, when I said Roman, you were beating around the bush. You said ability wise, and I just wanted to know is he your best striker you've seen? What have we told you about pens? <laughs> I give you a com- I give you a comprehensive answer, Mr. Scott. All right. Okay. Gave you value for money. I yeah. hope we've given you. Well, we probably haven't given you value yeah. for money. It's a good job you're not paying for it. Thanks for listening. Up the blues, and we will be back next week.